Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Due to budget cuts, the part of the host on tonight's show will be played by Herbie, the elf who didn't want to make toys, he wanted to be a dentist. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast coming to you from the smoke-filled recording studio built here in my office just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. I am your host, Brian Levine, and in tonight's show, I'm going to talk about shapes for a reason, and this is was inspired by an email that I got, so shapes of pipes for a reason. Uh, my guest, a pre-recorded interview with Per Jensen from McBaron Tobacco. I already know what's in it. I know what we've talked about. I'm really excited for you go- for you guys to hear it. It's going to be a great one. Uh, music, going to finish off the Christmas music with probably the quintessential Christmas singer and pipe smoker. Uh, mailbag and rant, all that coming up in the Day After Christmas Pipes Magazine radio show. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas holiday. Hope you're all getting a chance to uh, possibly enjoy those pipes that might have been under the Christmas tree for you. Uh, I do want to say that last week I got a chance to see Saving Mr. Banks, the uh, Disney movie about Walt Disney and dealing with P.L. Travers in negotiating the rights to Mary Poppins. Uh, It's kind of rare because this is a a bit of an inside glimpse into what went on, but it's also interesting because this is really the first story that Walt went after where there was still uh, trademarks and ownership of it. So my basic turn on it, yes, of course, they cleaned up 1962, 1964 era, and there was very little smoking involved there was one large scene where they're in uh, in Disneyland 1962 and they kind of glossed over the fact that there might have been a tobacco shop behind them but nobody in the crowd was smoking but basically here it is here's my takeaway from it the uh, it's obviously from the Disney company so it's a polished view of Walt and the company and it got a little heavy on uh, P.L. Travers and her uh, issues with her parents and her family and kind of surprised me a little bit. Anyway, not quite as surprising as watching Polar Express again. Am I the only one that thinks that Polar Express is a little weird and everybody looks a little, uh, I don't know, perverty? Kind of strange? Anyway, all right, everybody, let's get the show rolling. Sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you to Sutliff Tobacco Company. Here we go. This is Internet Radio. There's nothing quite like a good book. Or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical, a tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliffTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. 
Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented Perfect Match system. Try it at SutlifTobacco.com. Go to SutlifTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. Welcome back. In just a minute, Pear Jensen from McBaron. I'll play that interview. But in the meantime, let's talk about shapes for a reason. Now, remember, I am the leading expert on my own opinion, and this is it. You're welcome to it. There are pipes that I have, and there are shapes of pipes that I have for a specific reason. Let me talk about a pipe that I want for a long drive. For my car, I'm still trying to figure out with the new car exactly which shapes work with it, but for my car, I want a shape and a finish, in particular a sandblast or a rusticated, for a long drive. I want a big bowl that's also light, weight and easy to hold because I want to be able to pack that pipe and smoke it for a couple of hours while I'm on the road. If it's a long drive, I want a good capacity in the pipe and I want to make sure that it's going to be a comfortable shape for working with where I'm going to rest it in the pipe in between puffs. When I'm outdoors, when I'm working, that's when I want maybe a smaller pipe that's a little easier to manage and clench in my mouth and hold on to. And I'm not so much worried about the size of it because I can reload it easily. I can stop what I'm doing when I'm working outside. So I want a little bit smaller pipe. And I may tend to go towards sandblast or rusticated just because I don't want to worry so much about the finish. I do have a couple of small smooth pipes that I use outside, but I'm always a little more careful with them just knowing where they are. Speaking of smaller pipes... There are pipes that you want for when you're out and about during the day and you want a short smoke. It might be a four and a half, five inch pipe, something that's easy to fit in your pocket, something that's easy to tuck away. You may want a short smoke pipe for when you can duck outside for 20, 30 minutes and puff on a bowl and not waste a bunch of tobacco down at the bottom. So you may want a short smoke. Now, I've got four or five pipes also at home that are specifically designated for staying at home and the long smokes, watching a movie, watching a football game, watching a race, whatever I'm doing, and I just want to sit back and relax. Those pipes are bigger, group six size or bigger, and they mean that I'm not going to be able to clench them, so I'm probably going to have to hand hold them most of the time. But I want to pack the pipe once and sit it down and go through a three-hour event with that. Uh, here's where the inspiration for this came in because I was asked about my if I ever had any fascination with panel shapes. Panel pipes are interesting to me because a panel pipe to me works really well for travel. When you don't have a real pipe ashtray or you don't want to worry about leaning your pipe up against something to prop it up, a paneled or a flat bottom pipe makes it really easy to rest the pipe. A while back I had one specific customer who was only allowed to smoke out on his balcony or when he was out and about, so he requested that every pipe that he buy had a flat bottom to it. He didn't want to carry a pipe stand with him. 
So he made sure that every pipe that he bought had a flat bottom so that he could set it on his on the little table on his balcony or didn't have to worry about where to rest it. A lot of paneled pipes, especially like a paneled poker or a paneled billiard, have a flat bottom to it. The paneling on the pipe, if it's still a rounded bottom, the paneling to me makes it uncomfortable to hold in your hand. I've had a couple. doesn't really do much for me. Uh, when you're taste testing pipe uh, tobaccos, that's one of the times when I want to have a small bowl or a large bowl. And I've got tasting or testing pipes for blends that are slightly out of my normal wheelhouse. And I use those pipes for taste testing to find out whether or not the tobacco is going to work. Because when you're, when you're working with a new blend, you want to give it a good shot. So I've got small bowls, I've got large bowls, I've got a wide bowl that's also very short, a pot shape. I've got a narrow bowl that's tall because I want to see and I want to give the tobacco a good shot at trying it. You know, give it a chance, see what it works in. Might try it in four, five, six different kinds of pipes before I figure out if it works or not. But there's a whole bunch of different reasons for shapes besides the style and the appearance and does it accentuate the grain. But there's a bunch of different ideas for you. If you've got any uh, any shapes that you use specifically for one thing or another, I'd love to hear them. Go ahead and post them in the forums. Post them on the, uh, on the radio show's site on Facebook. I do check all of those. All right. In just a minute, the pre-recorded interview with Per Jensen. I'm not just a pipe smoker. I'm a Meerschaum pipe smoker. All of my pipes come from MeerschaumStore.com. They've been in business for 50 years, and I can trust that there will be no hassles. Orders are processed and shipped fast, and they have every shape you can imagine, including calabash, claws, dragons, horror, even a sexy series. MeerschaumStore.com, the most trusted Meerschaum store for 50 years. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show Pear George Jensen of the world-famous McBaron Tobacco Company. Pear, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Brian. I'm pleased to, to join you at the show. And now, of course, because of the time difference, this is pre-recorded, but in, uh, in Denmark, where you're situated, is on the island of Funen. Exactly, the beautiful city in the middle of Denmark. Sitting on a uh, sitting out on the coastal waters, is it is the winter time always cold there, or do you have some days of sunshine and a little warmth? Well, today we have uh, we have blue skies. We um, we have around about four degrees Celsius. Uh, it's rather nice. But the last three weeks, uh, or sorry, three years, 
we have had uh, some heavy winters. Last year was extremely long. So no global warming in Denmark yet? Not yet, not yet, but uh, we can always await it <laughs> with ancientness. Let's talk specifically about the uh, about the history of McBaron. In case people don't know, how old is the McBaron Tobacco Company? Well, the company was founded in uh, 1826, not not as a McBaron, but uh, a Sven Bernelöge tobacco factory. And uh, at that time, every largest city in Denmark had one, two, three, four, five tobacco factories, and, and their market were actually the inhabitants of, of the city. Um, and at that time, in 1826, there were around 400 tobacco factories in Denmark. Wow. And just to compare it, we, we are down to two. That's amazing. But uh, It's amazing. But uh, I can say those, those two factories uh, who are left have done it pretty good. <laughs> and we're delivering some, what, 45% of all pipe tobacco to the world's pipe smokers. So From... that's, I would say that's, that's quite an achievement. From the tiny country of Denmark, which is a population of about 10 million people? Well, we only got 5.5. Five and a half million people, and you're doing 45% yeah. of the world's pipe tobacco. Yeah. More, more or less, more or less. So, um, no, and then in, in 1887, uh, Harald Halberg, um, the first of the Halberg line, uh, bought this factory. He was uh, educated um, and a work manager uh, for several years, and uh, after some time he decided he, uh, he wanted to buy it. And, um, well, he was successful. So in 1887, Harl Halberg took over the tobacco company, still only with Swinborg as, as market. We didn't have any national distribution and, and no export at all. And we lived, I would say, a quiet life, making cigars, making chewing tobacco, making pipe tobacco, uh, until 1958, where Jürgen Halbach, he was the third generation, came out with uh, his idea of the mixture. And then everything went very quickly. We got national distribution. Uh, five years later, we started up our first export market, that was Germany, and then one country uh, after the other came and... Um, well, today we are exporting our tobaccos to over over 65 countries in the world. And it's still family-owned and operated? Yes. Our owner today is uh, Henrik Halberg. He's the fourth generation. Uh, and we don't belong to, to any big uh, tobacco company. We're actually a small family-owned business um, that can afford to, to make thoughts for the future not depending on what uh, what's coming out of it on on the short short term so that that's actually it's it's a beautiful place to work and the the family the family name the HH blends is that where the HH comes from yeah the HH in the HH blend is uh, actually the initials for Harald Halberg the uh, the first of the Halbergs in uh, in line and uh, we decided uh, in 2006, where the vintage Syrian came on the market, we decided to dedicate, uh, I would say, a more natural line of tobacco um, to his name. 
making in uh, a tobacco line of an English style or English mixtures, um, more or less made out of the um, the English purity laws, uh, where it's not allowed to use all kind of flavors, but it, it's a natural kind of tobacco, a little bit casing, no top flavors. That's, uh, the last one we made was uh, the H8 Old Dark Fire, which came out last year. And uh, for us, it has been um, a tremendous success. And the Dark and Fired is the Dark Fired is the one I have in front of me, and I've been smoking it. It is a um, I would consider it more of a evening smoke. Uh, it's I would say it's, it's a heavy tobacco. Yeah. Um, it, it's smoking very mild and very pleasant, uh, but but uh, the kick comes sneaking. After you have been smoking up to half an hour, then uh, you, you can feel it. You can feel that you're smoking. And it's, it's by far our, the strongest tobaccos we have. Now, can we, can we talk about where you get some of your raw tobaccos from? Well, I, it would be, the easiest way would to be to say we got it from all over the world. <laughs> but to be more specific, um, of course, United States... Uh, we get Kentucky there, we get Virginia's. Uh, Henrik have some very good connection in, uh, for instance, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Connections he, he have taken over from, from his father. And uh, the guys he is dealing with now uh, is the son of the father's friend. Wow. So it, it's just per- perfect. It's a, it's a very close personal relationship. Uh, we have Brazil. We have Mexico. We have, if we go to Africa, we have uh, Zambia. We got Tanzania, uh, Malawi, uh, that region. Um, we can go a little bit further east uh, to India, to Bangladesh, and then, of course, for the Orientals, we go to uh, Greece, we go to Turkey, and we go to Macedonia. That is very roughly where we are getting our tobaccos from. So somebody is spending a lot of time traveling around the world. No, 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 no. Not somebody. <laughs> Henrik Halberg is. Because when he was taking over after his father, he didn't want to be uh, the CIO. So uh, he hired a CIO to, to make or to drive um, the business part. And uh, Henrik is only working where, where his big interest is and hobby, and that is the raw tobacco and that community. So Henrik is, is actually our raw tobacco buyer, together with his assistants. So he, it's always very good to have the big boss or the owner sitting at the table deciding what to buy and what not to buy. And, and it's very rare that we see a big boss like that that is so hands-on with the actual product. Exactly, exactly. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's a quite unique situation. Uh, for instance, uh, sometimes he, he stumbles up upon a bunch of tobaccos where he says, well, in our recipes we don't need these tobaccos, but the quality is too good. So he's buying them. And uh, we have a corner in, in one of our warehouses, uh, which we call Henrik's Corner. <laughs> and um, we have all kind of beautiful tobaccos uh, stories there. And uh, to be a product developer, it's, it's beautiful when you go with your shopping cart and you just pick out the best tobaccos you can get because they are standing right there. 
So he has he has no idea what he's going to do with those tobaccos. He just knows that they're too good to pass up and to get them and store them and try to do something with them later. Yes. And then what, that was, uh, for instance, the idea with um, with the H.H. Old Dark Fired. Um, we started out a part of the, the Dark Fired Kentucky, which is uh, in, in the Old Dark Fired, uh, was harvested in 1974. Wow. So it has been, been stored for some time. <laughs> it... Big, beautiful leaves. And what is McBaron's best-selling tobacco blend? Well, the best-selling, that, that, that depends where we, where we go in, in the world. Uh, if we take, for instance, Western Europe um, and United States, it will definitely be the mixture. It's, it's uh, the single most important brand we, uh, we got in our portfolio. Uh, Virginia number one is, is very famous too, Dark Twist, uh, Navy Flake, uh, all our classical tobaccos. And then we have the new generation, which started in, in 1998 with the original choice. Actually, a, a mild tobacco, and um, it was designed at that time to be a, a tobacco for the new pipe smoker, trying to reduce the tongue bite. And that has been done uh, via finding Virginia tobaccos with a lower sugar content than, uh, than the Virginias we normally used. And I think we, we made a pretty good job. And the original choice is, is a big seller if we go to the former Eastern Bloc or Far East, where yeah. the tradition of pipe smoking is much more aromatic than uh, in Western Europe. So um, we actually got some uh, more than one big seller. We also got the vanilla, uh, the vanilla cream, uh, also very good tobacco, and, and it's uh, also... Uh, being enjoyed by many pipe smokers. So you really do have to look at each each area of the world as a separate market and try to make something that fits for that style. Yeah, if you take just if if we take Western Europe, uh, we have a borderline uh, at the Alps. If you go south the Alps, they need a sweeter tobacco than north of the Alps, and uh, it has something to do with the, with the climate. Italy, Spain, Greece, they always have, their summer seasons are much longer than uh, ours here in, in Northern Europe. So uh, we, we, are, we are more into a little bit stronger, more natural tobacco, and in the south they go for more flavored tobacco. That would, I, would, I could see that almost here in the United States too. Yeah, you, you probably have, I don't know if, if, if you have mountains that are, that are splitting it, but but you must have a line. Where you say north of that line is more um, natural English styled tobaccos, and and south of it is it's very aromatic. And the warmer the weather, the more the more aromatic people want. Normally, yes, yes. That that is at least uh, the big picture. What what we can see from uh, what is popular in the different countries. I want to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll ask specifically about your job and your history with the McBaron Company. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. 
Thank you for calling SmokingPipes.com. This is Barry. How can I help you? Meet Barry. He's our homegrown, all-American family guy in customer service here at SmokingPipes.com. With 25 years of experience in sales, his dedication to customer service makes Barry pretty handy around here. He's on the phone all day helping customers like you from all over the globe pick out great pipes and pipe tobacco. Ciao, Barry. Tell me about your selection of a Savinelli autograph. Don't you know I saw that list of tobacco you carry online there. Maybe you could help me pick out a good Virginia, eh? You see, we hire not only the best people, we hire people who are as passionate about our products as you are. Just ask Barry why he loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Because I don't just help people choose from our great selection of pipes, I smoke them. Call us at 1-888-366-0345 or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality, we are experts, we are SmokingPipes.com. This is Internet Radio. We are back. Pear is still kind enough to stay with us. Uh, Pear, what exactly is your position at McBaron? Well, my position is uh, it has changed a bit over the years. Um, I'm now product manager for, for Pipe Tobacco International. Um, I'm a product specialist, and I'm... An educator, meaning I'm traveling around the world and educating tobacconist uh, sales forces uh, and so on is on what is tobacco, how should it be enjoyed. Uh, and then I'm part of the uh, product development group. We are all together three in that group, and uh, I'm one of them. When you are developing a or testing a tobacco blend, how much time does it take before that product really hits the market? Oh, that depends on... You play lottery yourself? Yeah. Yeah, and some, sometimes you win, and sometimes you don't, and then you have to keep on with the hard work. I think the, the longest development period we have had was uh, a little under two years before we had the right taste. And that was, uh, that was actually the vanilla loose cut. Because vanilla is um, is very difficult to work with. If you use too much, it's getting too sweet. If you're using too less, it's not sweet enough. So you have to find the line, and that line in, in vanilla is I would compare it with it's like a hair. <laughs> you have to be spot on, otherwise you are too sweet or not sweet enough. And uh, that that took uh, took a long time before we were there. So if you, the three of you sit down, you taste test a blend, you want to make a few changes to it, how much time before you taste test the changes that you made? Well, that takes at least, uh, at least 14 days. When, when we uh, smoke a tobacco and uh, we come up with our suggestions on, on what to do, um, new tobacco is made, and then 14 days uh, after we, we can try it again. Because what's very important when, when, you, when you're working with, uh, with flavors, that is that the tobacco and the flavor needs time to marry. Meaning you cannot just put flavor on and then smoke it. Then you get a complete wrong impression of the tobacco. And you have to get the flavor adjusted to the tobacco so you both have the tobacco taste and you have the flavor. Um, I had a discussion with, with a pipe smoker once who said, well, 
it should be easy enough because you take some um, you take some bad tobacco, you put a lot of flavor on it, and then it tastes good. <laughs> and I, I said, yes, it does for the first ten minutes. Then you have burned off off the flavor, and you're sitting back with bad tobacco. So if you don't have the tobacco to make the basement of the taste, uh, and then put the flavor on it, then you can can create something unique, something very good tasting. But but bad tobacco with a lot of flavor doesn't work. It I, doesn't work. I used to explain to people that if you bake a bad cake and put a good icing on it. The icing will taste good, but when you get to the cake, it's still bad. Exactly, exactly. And uh, there, there's, I would say that there's no way you can cheat nature. Uh, and tobacco is a, a natural product. It's it's farmed, it's grown on the fields, and, and uh, each year it has a slight different taste, even coming out of the same field, due to weather condition, uh, soil conditions, and so on. Uh, so you have to pick the right tobaccos. You have to make the right casing that are boosting the natural flavors in the tobacco. And on top of that, you can start working with flavors. So if we have to um, to make a complete new tobacco, uh, we start with the raw tobaccos. Smoke those. When they have a harmony, then we can go on and say, how can we enhance the natural tastes in the tobacco? And then we start combining um, the casing. And a good casing, you should not be able to um, to taste. It's just something for your back head that says there is something in there, but what is it? And you, you cannot describe it. Then it's a good casing. The casing should only take uh, the natural flavors in the tobacco and enhance them. And on top of that, we can then start working on the flavor. So it's, it's, it's a rather complicated uh, piece of work to, to, to make a new new tobacco. And it's a, lot but, uh, of, we have, it's a lot of testing and testing and testing. Yeah, and, uh, but, but our group, our product development group, are, are fantastic. We uh, have the assistant of Henrik, meaning we have the leaf man. We have uh, a chef or a former chef, which is uh, or who is dealing with uh, with the flavors and uh, then they have a former pipe guy me <laughs> so uh, the unity in, in in that group is is just perfect now you mentioned before the tobacco storage warehouses uh, how much tobacco do you have in Denmark sitting and waiting now right now around about 3,000 tons of, of raw tobacco just and uh, shipments are coming all all the time, so it's 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 more or less for for two years production, what what we have in stock. Wow. But you have you have to you have to to think about take a country for instance like Zimbabwe, where we used to buy a lot of Virginias, and uh, the president Mugabe threw out the white farmers and gave the land back to his own people. Meaning, next year, there were no tobacco on the auctions in Zimbabwe. But we use them in a lot of our recipes. So we could grab back at um, our warehouses. We had tobacco enough for one year. And that was time enough to find replacements for those tobaccos in other parts of the world. Wow. That is uh, the, the reason why we, uh, we have so much. And what new products are you working on? What might we see coming out soon from McBaron? Well, I hope, 
we will be ready with um, with the new HH flake, uh, also a hot pressed, like the uh, the old dark fired, but this time with uh, Latakia. So for all the so English, all the English fans, there will be a Latakia flake, hopefully. Yeah, that's uh, that's my big hope. That's my big hope, and we are we are working it, uh, with it as we speak. But uh, doing a flake like that is that takes even longer time, because you have to to if we have to make an adjustment, we take new raw tobaccos, for instance, mix those together, we press them, and then we have to let them sit for 30 days before we can cut them and smoke them. So the lead time on on flakes are are much longer. But I'm I'm more or less convinced that that I will be able to present it in uh, in Chicago in May. And that and is one taste, that's taste the, that's the one pipe show that you do. You personally come to every year. So if somebody wants to meet you and talk to you, they can do it face to face at the Chicago Pipe Show. They should be very welcome. I will be standing there defending my tobaccos. <laughs> that is for sure. And then in the evenings more than likely find you in the smoking tent near the bar. Well, we're not allowed to smoke indoors, so of course I will be at the smoking tent. <laughs> that is also for sure. <laughs> Chicago for me is, is um, well, it's something I look forward to each year. Uh, to meet all these pipe smokers uh, in one place. And, and you walk in, in the hotel, you walk in, in, uh, in the mega center and in the tent and you slowly get the impression that the whole world is smoking a pipe. <laughs> and then you make the big mistake. You leave the premises. And then you find out it's not so. But uh, it's, it's a beautiful um, opportunity to meet pipe smokers, to have discussions uh, about tastes, even though you cannot, you cannot talk about uh, taste discussion. Because what is true for me is not true for you. We still, we still smoke pipe tobacco, but we have two different tastes. So what one likes doesn't the other. What And speaking of others, what other products does McBaron make besides pipe tobacco? Well, we, uh, we have some others. Um, for instance, we are producing chewing tobacco. Uh, and chewing tobacco was in, in Europe actually seen as a dead product. Nobody used it. But then the politician um, came with all the smoking bans, and uh, the smokers need something uh, they could enjoy without making smoke. So uh, chewing tobacco came, came back in uh, popularity. And furthermore, we are making uh, a fine-cut line, or a line of, of fine-cut tobaccos, um, which are sold, I would say, more or less uh, all over the world, except in the U.S., and that's all for uh, roll-your-own, what we would call a roll-your-own cigarette tobacco? That is a roll-your-own cigarette, yes, for, for hand-rolling. Um, also, like we are doing in, in our pipe tobaccos, uh, we are trying to reduce uh, the amount of stems, trying to, to take away as much as possible. Uh, so what you have in, in, in our rolling tobaccos are more or less pure tobacco and not, nothing else. Uh, do you use the same taste testing process when you're blending a fine-cut tobacco as you do a pipe tobacco? Yes, for, for, for instance, for the, for the pipe tobacco part, uh, 
each Wednesday evening at uh, half past six, um, 14 pipe smokers come to the factory. They have jobs, wells, but um, they have a hobby in, in pipe smoking. And they are part of our sensoric panel. Uh, and we give we give them a white pouch of tobacco. They don't know what it is, and we are, we we never say it. Uh, then they look at it, they feel at it, uh, they judge it, and finally they fill it into the pipe. And then they have to describe the taste. One question we never ask is if they like it, <laughs> because we 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 don't care. We want a description of the taste, and uh, that is also used in in the product development. So we can see if it's too smoky, not smoky enough, uh, too sweet, uh, not sweet enough, uh, too much natural sugar, meaning giving a little bit tongue bite, uh, and so on. So we use it for, for corrections. And we do exactly the same with, uh, with our fine cut products and our chewing tobacco products. It's all describing the taste. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but I think it's, it's necessary. Um, because otherwise you, you're sitting down, I have a pretty good feeling of my own taste, how it's uh, compared to, so say, uh, the majority of, of pipe smokers. Um, but still, we, we need to, to get the description and, and see if, if we have to correct something. could also be a small wish. Say, I would like, to, it's a beautiful tobacco, has a beautiful taste, but I like to get it a little bit smoother, a little bit softer, with not that much bite. Uh, then we have to go back to the raw tobaccos and, and try it out. And there we actually need the guys, because they can tell us it's 14 instead of my own opinion. Then it's 14 guys smoking it and evaluating it. It's it's a big help. If I move to Denmark, can I get can I become part of that 14? <laughs> well, it's a beautiful job. You even get paid to smoke a pipe. Um, Wow. I, the only thing I can say, Brian, is, is you have to, to pass our test because there are guys who, who are sitting smoking a pipe and they are not able to, to, test, to, to taste anything. Uh, and, and, and these pipe smokers, unfortunately, um, are not suitable in, in our panel. Right. We're looking for guys who, who can sit down, can concentrate, and, and try to evaluate what am I smoking. Where is the, ta the taste? Which kind of taste is it? Do I recognize it or do I not? And then they have a, a piece of paper where they put down their evaluations, and that goes into the computer. So what we are looking at is uh, a taste star. And that's a why I've, of the taste. That's why I've always said that taste testing blends and quality control is really hard work, and I don't like doing it that much <laughs> no uh, you, you you can you can say it in another way as well the most of the things we, we can measure uh, humidity sugar content uh, whatever that could be measured the only thing we cannot measure is the taste and you know every person is different you have one guy who are eating the hottest chili in the world <laughs> and it doesn't affect him and the next guy say, well, pepper is too too strong for me. So each individual have their their own taste, what what they prefer. And uh, we we need the guys who can um, who can dig down into the tobacco and and find those tasters and describe them. 
and they're a valuable asset. Well, we couldn't live without it. That's for sure. So let, let's that's go back. Sure. To, let's go back to you for a minute. How did you get into this business? <laughs> you want the the short answer? Sure. That was yeah. I was born into it <laughs> because my my father um, established a pipe factory in 1954, and uh, I was always seen as um, I was going to take over. And uh, I did when when my father died in 1980. Um, my sister, my mother, and myself uh, ran the, the factory for some 21 years, and that was about as, as far as we could take it. Uh, I think we were more good craftsmen than uh, business people. So um, I got a very good offer from, uh, from McBaron. The product specialist was going to resign, and uh, they knew I was looking for something else. And uh, I got the offer, and I'm very, very happy about it. It has been uh, not only a work, but it's it's also a hobby. And they and they knew that you knew the product well. Well, they knew I knew how to smoke a pipe, also how to make a pipe. Um, so that that part was was uh, was okay. Uh, I also had tried a lot of. Um, a lot of different uh, tobaccos. Um, I remember the first tobacco I smoked when I was 15. Uh, that was my father's special blend. And that was uh, two tins of uh, three nuns, one tin of dark twist, and one tin of uh, the red players in flakes, all mixed together. Wow. And I can, I can tell you, it, 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 it almost killed me. <laughs> it was so strong, so strong. So I went on my own path and, and started with some milder tobaccos, and, and over the years I developed um, my own taste uh, in which direction I go. So today, is for, for me, my truth in, in pipe smoking is slightly aromatic, um, and then from time to time I jump over to, uh, to English, English tobaccos. And that, that is actually, that's also the beauty about pipe smoking. You're, you're not condemned to, to smoke only one taste. You, you can choose one day heavy aromatics and the next day uh, almost a pure tobacco. There are so many good tobaccos out there. And that is something so, that uh, we're, you, we're finding more and more with the new smokers here in the United States, that they smoke many different varieties and different tastes, and they may have 15 or 20 open kinds of tobaccos, and they're smoking different stuff every day. And that, yeah, and that actually is, is, is a great challenge for us, because in former times, if, if let's say we have a pipe smoker, and he started out smoking mixture, then he would smoke it until the day he was no longer. Yeah. Uh, today we have a generation, or we have generations, that have been brought up with, today we are eating sushi, tomorrow we eat Mexican uh, then we try some Italian and, and so on. They, they are brought up to experiment. And they have taken that into to, uh, the pipe smoking as well. So one day I try this tobacco, the next day I try that tobacco. Uh, but still they have some favorites uh, where they come back to. But it's, it's, it's a complete, complete new world we are seeing uh, within the, the, the pipe smoking community. Um, 
and it's 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 also it's it's a big challenge, but a challenge we uh, we take on us. Now, speaking of taste and different food, will you have the traditional Danish Christmas dinner? Oh yeah, with the with and the herring and the eggs and everything. Oh well, that is not for the Christmas dinner. Uh oh. Our Christmas dinner would be um, a pork roast, where the outside of the roast is very crispy. It could be a duck, could be a geese, um, with sugar brown potatoes, meaning you actually melt some some sugar and you turn the uh, uh, the potatoes into that, so they are getting a little bit sweet. Um, and then we uh, the next day we have our Christmas lunch, and that is the 25th. We have Christmas 24th. We are a little bit impatient, so we want our <laughs> gifts a little bit before you. So uh, we start the 24th, and then the 25th, we have the traditional uh, Christmas lunch, and that is with herring, with salmon, with a lot of fish in, in different variations, uh, a lot of meat, um, Danish meatballs, um, uh, a kind of uh, it's it's well it's not a burger but it it's a little bit thicker and and with with a lot of uh, soft onions upon it um yeah it's well it's eating heaven for 3 or 4 hours it is heaven and i know the difference between danish meatballs and swedish meatballs the the danes have bigger meatballs yes we do <laughs> we do well, you, you can make it in, in any size, but the traditional um, the traditional meatballs is formed with with a spoon, a normal spoon you you for instance are using for soups, and that that gives the size. I've I've had the uh, I've had the privilege of enjoying a couple of uh, Danish Christmas lunches, and it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, and beside all the good food, then of course. Um, comes a couple of good beers and of course the Danish schnapps and the and the schnapps come afterwards and then not much after that no well schnapps actually starts with the with the hearings because we have a saying here don't let um, or give the hearing a chance to swim <laughs> that is where the first schnapps goes all right and I... then uh, you drink a couple of more, and then you start again with the cheese. Uh, very traditional, also in Denmark. You have a snaps for your cheese. I got cheated. I got the Americanized version where we weren't allowed to drink during lunch. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you have to come to Denmark and try it. In, in that case, in your honor, on this Christmas Day, I'm going to have a schnapps with my lunch. That sounds like a perfect good idea. Perfect. And I'm one of the few Americans that does have a couple of a couple of aquavits in the freezer sitting at home right now. Yeah. We will well, let's see. It could be could be some of the listeners will think this sounds like a good idea. Let's try it out. <laughs> and schnapps at midnight on New Year's Eve. Yeah, well that we are more split. Some drink champagne, some takes a snaps, something takes uh, other drinks, but uh We'll welcome the new year with uh, something in the classes, that's for sure. Pear, we've taken up enough of your time. We'll wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. 
I ask them to everybody. It's whatever comes to your mind. There's no right or wrong answer. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe? That is a small, straight. Uh, it's a shape number 02 from uh, my old production. Uh, George Jensen pipe. That is my favorite size. Uh, especially because the mouthpiece fits fantastic uh, to my teeth. So it's, it's just feel welcome every time I, I take it in my mouth. And what is your favorite tobacco? My favorite tobacco uh, used to be Virginia Flake. I've smoked that since I was oh, a couple of 20 years. Uh, but today it's changed. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot say what it is but because it's one of the, the new tobaccos we are developing. Um, it will come. Uh, it will come to to uh, to the U.S. as well, sometime next year, perhaps. Uh, but that has become my new favorite. Well, we'll have to wait and find that out, and you'll have to tell us. Uh, what's your favorite? I will certainly say. What's your favorite drink? My favorite drink. It's actually red wine. And when you're relaxing yeah. at night, is it a book, a movie, or music? Um. Uh, Depending, a movie or a book. Yeah, I would, I, I would say more movies, more movies. And the last question, do you have a favorite pipe-smoking memory? A favorite pipe-smoking memory? I remember, I, w I was 15 at the time. I, made, I had made my first pipe. And I was working in, in one of the shops in, um, in Copenhagen on, uh, on the walking street. Yeah. Uh, a shop that doesn't exist anymore. And the owner and uh, me, we went to Tivoli one night. Oh. And he persuaded me to um, put my pipe as the prize of a competition, a shooting competition. <laughs> and I was pretty good at shooting, so I said, well, we'll do it. And uh, he was a little bit more heavily thinking than I was, because he won. So my first pipe I ever made... I lost, and I have been looking forward to smoke it. But uh, that was never going to be. And that made a small impression in, in, in my brain. So I said, whenever I see something I would like to smoke, don't waste the chance. Go for it. So that, that has actually been uh, the pipe, or I would say it's a non-pipe smoking experience that have, uh, that have changed my mind. And finally, I'll ask you in Danish if you could say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all the Danish listeners. I will. Og jeg ønsker jer alle sammen en rigtig glædelig jul og et rigtig godt nytår og kom nu godt ind i 2014 og pas på jer selv. And that was about it. And with that, we'll wrap it up. Per, thank you for everything and a hopefully you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. Thank you, Brian, and uh, thank you for letting me in on, on the show. We'll be back in just a minute. The term one-stop shop is so overused. There's no place that is literally a one-stop shop. Well, guess what? When it comes to your quality tobacco products, there is. It's cupojoes.com. With hundreds of pipe tobacco blends, thousands of pipes in stock, a wide variety of cigars, coffees, accessories, and so much more. All you have to do is go to cupojoes.com, and there it is. 
CupoJoes.com. Quality products, extraordinary prices. We are back here in the studio, and I'm always amazed when I talk to people from Europe at how well they're how well they speak English compared to how well us Americans speak other languages. Uh, the other thing is listening to that again just got me hungry. And man, we've eaten for like a day and a half. That's all I've done is eaten. But anyway, for music, the last of Christmas music, and I figured I'd pull out Bing Crosby. a merry little Christmas let yourself be light from now on our troubles will be out of sight have yourself a merry little Christmas make the yuletide gay from now on our troubles will be miles away here we are as in olden days happy golden days of yore faithful friends who are dear to us gather near to us once more the years we all will be together if the fates allow until then we'll have to muddle through somehow so have yourself a merry little Christmas now Faithful friends who are dear to us Gather near to us once more Through the years we all will be together If the fates allow Hang a shining star upon the highest bough And have yourself a merry little Christmas now Bing could uh, certainly sing and has one very distinctive pipe shape named after him. You've got mail. Just a quick mailbag this week. Uh, Martini Man wrote in about a week ago, Brian, at first it was bumpy, but now I'm addicted to a wonderfully executed podcast. Personally, I can't agree with you more uh, because I'm going back listening to him. And then he goes on to say, being a friend with Mike Gar, I like that one the best, but everyone is very informative and entertaining. Keep up the good work. Ontario said, now that's a lady. Great show. Merry Christmas all. 
John Seiler, your apology is accepted. He said, gee, sorry I'm late out shopping for the holiday feast. Uh, he said that I may be off for two weeks, but after December 30th, he's off for good. I thought he was always kind of off as long as I've known him. Anyway, congratulations, John. John just retired after 42 and a half years of federal service. I hope he's not in the CIA and I've done something stupid. But uh, anyway, congratulations on that. Zeke writes, what a great interview. Nicole Stout is so well-spoken. Almost no hesitation in any of her answers or comments. One of the top ten Best Pipes magazine radio shows. Thank you, Kevin and Brian, for this great series of shows. Keep them coming. And uh, Casey Ghost said, Last week's music was a little odd at first, but as you listened to it, you began to really enjoy it. We've had a number of selections from the rural blues performers we need to try something of a more Appalachian flavor. Patty Loveless, Bill Monroe. That would be great if I could find some that were uh, pipe smokers. I've tried to keep it tied into pipe smokers as much as possible or stayed within a theme. Uh, we have had Chris Thiele twice. Casey Ghost also said Nicole's discussion on her journey as she began smoking a pipe is classic stuff. And yes, she was fortunate to have someone help her. We should all help out all the new pipe smokers that we can. And my young friend Caleb Graham wrote in, enjoyed yesterday's radio show. I like the double feature of the interview. Great show, Brian. Looking forward to next week's show. And speaking of this week's show, special rant coming up next. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. I'm Mark from Ohio, and I've tried so many tobaccos, but I just still can't find something that is just magical, a tobacco that I can fall in love with. I mean, I've tried reading reviews online and participating in forum discussions only to get burned. When I was about to give up, I discovered this amazing matching system for finding my perfect blend at SutliftTobacco.com. That's how I found my perfect blend, and I just love it. Finding the right tobacco doesn't have to be hard. There are lots of tobaccos waiting for you to fall in love with them. Finding that special tobacco shouldn't be left up to chance. Experience the magic of compatibility with our patented perfect match system. Try it at SutliftTobacco.com. Go to SutliftTobacco.com right now and find your perfect blend. This is Internet Radio. Cowboy. Cowboy. Let me introduce to you my new friend, Frosty the Pipe Smoker, who's familiar with Build-A-Bear Workshop. Build-A-Bear Workshop's in big malls all around the country. Kids go in, you stuff your own bear, you dress them, you do all kinds of doodads and whatnots for them. It's kind of expensive, but we were cruising through the mall at closing on Saturday night, and this year for Christmas, Build-A-Bear Workshop had... There's Santa and their Rudolph and Mrs. Claus and all that, and there's Frosty the Snowman. So I take my daughter and I say, let's, let's pop in there real quick. I just want to see if they PC'd Frosty. 
Well, no, they didn't, because Frosty was on sale, and he comes with an accessory kit that includes a scarf, a broom, and a pipe. Check out the homepage of the radio show, check out my Facebook page, and you'll see me hanging out with my new pipe-smoking buddy, Frosty the Pipe Smoker, and... That's his name on his birth certificate. So a big shout out and three cheers to Build-A-Bear Workshop for not PCing and dummying down things. Yes, Frosty the Snowman is sold with a pipe as an accessory. I also want to draw your attention to a wonderful Wells Fargo Bank commercial. We'll put a link to it on the show on YouTube. You'll notice that at the end of it, the happy snowman is smoking a pipe. After they feed all the uh, horses, they give them carrots. Yes, there is a pipe-smoking, happy, frosty the snowman. I'm not sure if it's just me, but it seems like this year I've seen more and more frosty the snowman actually with pipes. I'm glad to see it, especially after seeing a dummy-down version of 1962 Disneyland. But at least Frosty still has his pipe, whether it's a corncob pipe or a black poker pipe, whatever it is, Frosty still has his pipe. So I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. Hope everybody has a safe and sane New Year. If you get some time to relax, spend it with your family. If you can't do that, check out the old episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Check out PipesMagazine.com. Lots of wonderful reading on there. Next week, Thursday, January 2nd, 2014, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Got any friends that smoke a pipe and don't know about the radio show? Make sure and share that with them. Follow me on Facebook. We'll keep you updated on everything going on. So until then, a safe and happy new year to everyone. Thank you to Per Jensen from McBaron for joining us. Thank you to Sutliff Tobacco Company, and until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny Happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year. Hop!